stop. Daily thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Dave and Dan. Of course, we're back with the second episode of D Train Daily. Um, not really much has happened in terms of uh, Yankees news and the hot stove, although we are starting to pick up a little bit. Thought we'd give you a little holiday episode right before uh, Thanksgiving break kicks off. And, uh, you know, if you're traveling, which they tell you not to do, but if you're just bored anyways or traveling, uh, I thought you'd give you something to listen to. Dan, how you doing? I'm all right. Uh, staying home alone in North Carolina, so not traveling. Um, but glad to give the listeners a little appetizer for their holiday vacation with the little bit of a hot stove that we have available. Yeah, I mean, we got a little bit of inkling of that. Uh, so home alone, did you set up traps in the apartment or? Oh, yeah, I got bat underneath the bed at all times, door locked, and the doorknob is currently burning. So That's perfectly safe. Probably hotter than the hot stove at this point, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nothing going on except Charlie Morton staying in the southeast, so nothing to look forward to so far. Yeah, that happened. Uh, Charlie Morton getting the one-year, $15 million contract from the Braves uh, was a potential Yankees target from what we saw. Mostly speculation uh, from a lot of different blogs and a couple outlets. Uh, they liked him last time around uh, in 2018 when he did sign with the Rays, or 2019, sorry, and ended up re-signing Hap for that two-year deal uh, that we all regret, obviously. Um, some people thought this was a little bit of an overpay, but the Rays had their contract option on him for $15 million, which they declined, so it actually lines up perfectly to what he would have gotten this year. Um, yeah, so the pitcher market started to move a little bit. Drew Smiley also getting paid previously uh with the braves uh one year 11 million dollars which also was pretty substantial for a guy who only made i believe seven starts this year or five starts uh pretty good numbers pretty good peripherals um so hopefully we're getting the ball rolling with that um yeah at least we're underway finally with the off-season acquisitions that's what i like to see although not really doing anything in the Yankees' radar, so hopefully something out of the blue pops up soon so we can have something to be excited about. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're hoping that this gets the ball rolling. I know Passan, when he had his uh, primer for ESPN at the beginning of the month, or the beginning of the offseason at least, he said Thanksgiving would be the time where the – or he predicted that the offseason – or the Thanksgiving would be the time the offseason starts rolling a little bit. Um, so hopefully this does get everything on track. Uh Buster only said today that the Mets uh, have been in on targets, the top four, uh, Springer, Romoto, uh, DJ, and Bauer. So they're uh, – yeah, so they're moving along with that. Um, and then Martino, Andy Martino from SNY, had similar sentiments said that the Yankees and Mets were both doing their homeworks on big-name free agents as well. So we will see. Yeah. I mean, DJ – I guess we could start off with DJ since he's going to be the big guy for the Yankees retaining. Um, I know there were reports that DJ is getting looked at by, I would imagine everyone at this point, Um, Blue Jays, Astros were rumored for a little bit, but I think since the Correa trade news have died down at this point, um, they're probably out of the running with that. Um, But I do believe that it's probably going to come down to Yankees re-signing him or the Mets seemingly outbidding the Yankees now that the Yankees have turned into a poverty franchise in New York um, or DJ heading north of the border for some um, Blue Jays Canadian dollars. 
So we'll see what happens with our beloved infielder. You call them poverty, not I. So we'll put that yeah. on the record. Um, I, do I got the ball rolling, but I am not alone in that sentiment. No. Yeah. We're uh, apparently very poor. Um, that's what Hal has said and Cash alluded to. We've talked about this at length, but I think we will fork over some money for at least one of DJ and or Tanaka. Hopefully both uh, is the case. Um, yeah, we had Asher rumors last night too. Rosenthal dropped something around like midnight. Um, a little quick quick report um, said that the there were three interesting tidbits in there. One, that the Strohs were looking to move Correa or they were listening on deals, and that got debunked actually not too long before we started recording this, um, that the Astros uh, have stopped shopping him or were just completely false. Doesn't matter either way. Um, we know they're a little cash trap, but that's something that could potentially be out there instead of uh, Francisco Lindor, not just for Yankees, but for other franchises as well who are in the need for a shortstop. Um, uh, the other one was a uh, possible DJ fit, and that kind of tied into Correa. Um, thought that DJ would be a good fit for the Dodgers, who showed some interest last time in him, I believe, like minimal interest uh, as a possible replacement for Justin Turner, although I heard the priority is resigning Turner, not going after him. Try to keep the COVID in the locker room, I would hope. Yeah, don't want to, you know, spread that all over the place. Yeah, would be very bad in times like these. Um, and uh, the Astros were also fit if they could move off Correa. Um, obviously, it would cost less long-term than Correa would command. The Astros are like an interesting case because they have locked up a couple of key long, like key players long-term. It's just funny because they might have to move off of Correa and they're probably going to lose Springer as well. Like yeah, they locked so up, the, yeah. The money will be there. No, because they moved. They they locked up uh, uh, Altuve, obviously, to that big deal, and then they also gave Bregman like a reasonable contract at a hundred and hundred million five years. So that 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 wasn't bad. But it's funny because they have so many core pieces, and now they're about to lose a lot of them. Um, you hate to see it, but <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that was one. And then the last interesting tidbit was uh, the Reds potentially listening in on deals for Sonny Gray. Um, Former Yankees sweetheart, Sonny Gray. Yeah, as we all know, it's always Sonny in the Bronx. Um, Dan, your thoughts on a potential reunion? <laughs> uh, I think we should move as many pieces as possible to get Sonny back here because I think things are on the mend and things can only look up from here. Um, but in all seriousness, I don't think we should even make a phone call to the Reds for Sonny Gray. Um, because if Cash has the balls to make this move, and if the Reds for some reason decide to make this move, I think it's in Sonny Gray's best interest to retire immediately from the game of baseball because I don't think he would perform well in the Bronx. No, uh, we kind of didn't help with that. Uh, fans and the media, we Nope. I'm not going to say it was solely on us. Uh, we did kind of chase him out a little bit. Um, you know, some things just don't work out. I mean, he went on R2C2, talked to CC about it, and he said he actually did enjoy his time in New York. He just said that the the tools and whatnot, like they were implementing at the time underneath Larry Rothschild, the uh, former pitching coach, like just weren't working out. Obviously, it could be a mix of both. I'm not – I don't – I have been yeah. – in the past, I've put it solely on Larry Rothschild just because I was tired of seeing him as a pitching coach, and we all like a scapegoat, but – might have been a mix of that. Might have just not been a good fit in New York. Um, yeah, I don't see a reunion. And they're, they would be trading for, like, their actual strength, which is pitching right now. They're about to lose Bauer anyways, so why would you? There's no way. I don't yeah. think they would do that. No, not unless they got a really compelling package back. And I think they would want a shortstop because that's what they need right now. So if they're asking for, like, labor or something like that for Sonny Gray, I mean, you just 
laugh in their face and hang up basically. Yeah, I think Sonny Graves, they're probably getting feelers out there now so that when the deadline rolls around, um, they'll probably have people calling them back up. Yeah, if they're out of it, I imagine they probably move him. Yeah. Like another pitcher I would be interested from the Reds, like a Sonny reunion obviously is intriguing, but another pitcher instead would be Luis Castillo would want to move in on. Um, guy's filthy, great changeup, good fastball. He doesn't get all the headlines because Bauer and Gray have been there, but he's very reliable. And I think he's under team control for like a couple more years, so that'd be someone I would be in on. But that's so much further down the road. Uh, staying more in the now, uh, Tanaka. We discussed a little bit of rotation options last time, of course, um, but with the Morton deal, this might change things a little bit. Uh, you think the market has shifted on him a little bit now? I think – I don't know if the market shifted because Morton – pretty much received the deal that he was supposed to receive. I think the market probably has been accelerated in that Tanaka is most likely going to receive more offers now from competitive teams um, that aren't the Yankees. So I think the Yankees might be a little handcuffed here since they don't have LeMahieu under contract yet. So they're going to have to split their efforts between Tanaka and DJ. I'm hoping they retain both now that Morton's off the table. Um, but I think Tanaka is going to feel the pressure from a few other teams vying for his services. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know his, I know he got offered to return to Japan at one point. Um, so I don't know if he's compelled to move back there potentially and just skew continuing in the MLB, or if he wants to move closer to the West coast to, to be closer to home. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, the angels probably come to mind immediately because they always need pitching. And that honestly would be a good fit for him. Um, in terms of us, I mean, I hope he comes back, obviously. I think, let's see, Morton got $15 million for next year. I kind of pegged Tanaka around the same amount, honestly. Um, I was thinking like three forty-five for him, like three years, $45 million. I know other projections had a little higher than that. Like three fifty-four was, I think, like the middle ground on that. And on the low end, it was like three thirty-nine, which would be an absolute steal. I don't see that happening now just because Tanaka is younger than Morton. Um, and has a, I wouldn't say better track record. I, I, I wouldn't say that per se, because Morton's like recent years have been very strong, but you know, they're comparative at least. So I could potentially see like a three or $45 million contract, like as a base minimum now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, we obviously want to see Tanaka come back. We want to see DJ come back, but in the event that, uh, DJ doesn't come back. We talked about what Tana- we could do with Tanaka. In the event that DJ doesn't come back, uh, Lindor, that's that's our guy. Let's just start off with that. Yeah. Um, I think – I mean, I obviously would love to see Lindor in pinstripes. It feels like a pipe dream at this point, Just, but I think that's something to do with the lack of traction going on with all just the no news going on in baseball right now. Um, although today I did see that Lindor got a care package from – Marcus Stroman's personal brand and uh, Stroman was trying to get him to come to the Mets. Oh boy. Um, that was on Twitter earlier today. So uh, Mets might be making some personal moves to try to uh, get Stroman, him more happy to move to flushing. Yeah, so I'll we'll see what happens, but I would love to admit, I would love to see that happen. After Stroman said all that stuff and didn't really want to come back to New York. And they just said, here's 18.9 million guaranteed. Take it or leave it, bud. Yeah, Stevie Cohen fixes everything, don't you know that? What was I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he takes the money and he's be smart about it. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I 
would love to see Lindor and Pinstripes. He's my pipe dream right now. I mean, I sent you this tweet the other day, but it was, uh, you know, the Dodgers could potentially add Mookie Betts. Like, you know, they have Mookie Betts now, and they could potentially also add Nolan Arenado. Like, they're in on him, according to J.P. Morosi. And then some Yankee fans freak out when they're like, no, we should get DJ and Lindor. Um, You should want talent. I know pitching should be the priority, that's for sure, but you should want good talent on your team. That's just, you know, all I'm saying. Yeah, Um, I remember in that tweet you sent, one of the immediate reply to the uh, reporter was a Yankee fan crying about the Dodgers getting all this talent and everyone lambasting the Yankee fan for finally crying that the Yankees couldn't afford all this talent. It felt like the world had finally broken upon itself. Yeah, welcome to 2020. We're kind of just – the world's kind of turned inside out. I mean, you know, the Dodgers can do it because they're the Dodgers, but we should be able to do it because we're also the Yankees. Like, you know, they, they call them the West Coast Yankees. They do not call us the East Coast Dodgers. This is not how this works. But this is also me flexing as, you know, big Yankee fan energy, of course. You know, 27 rings, you know, that whole thing. But, um, yeah, if the opportunity cost is right, I would love to see Lindor come here. Um, we've run a couple of trade machine uh, scenarios. I'll try to post them maybe on Twitter if you guys want to check those out and criticize me. Um, go ahead. Please do. Or support me. You know, I'm fine. I can take it. You guys do it all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, a uh, couple of interesting ones. Uh, one of them include moving Voight off, uh, which kind of leads us to our next thing. Uh, Buster only had a ESPN Plus story about um, how Voight's trade value probably won't be as high as we're expecting to be, uh, just because there's a decent amount of corner power bats on the market. Uh, what do you think about that? I understand it it's disappointing considering he is the reigning home run king for the season as short as the regular season was um i think he does bring a certain pop to the first base position that um carries throughout the league that i think could yield a good starting pitcher that the yankees could really need that they don't need at the power position um considering the plethora of power we have with judge and stanton um I don't know. I like Voight. I'd like to keep Voight. Um, but Great. these feelings of not being able to maneuver around with both the lack of available cash and the lack of available moves makes me want to move him or make more drastic decisions that we can possibly talk about at a later time. Um, it's disappointing to hear that his value could be that low, but I think cash should definitely make these calls just to see how low that possible that value could possibly be. Yeah, just put feelers out there, see what's going on. I mean, I would think the opposite, right? Because he's on a re- like a very reasonable contract. I'm pretty sure this is his first or second time through arbitration right now. So, like, you don't have to pay money, which everyone's, you know, crying that they're cash-strapped, which, you know, obviously we know teams are cash-strapped because of the pandemic. But, you know, you figure you want to maybe fork over some prospects for – or not even big prospects, really, because he's still a first baseman. He's limited just a first. Yeah, he's- as – even injury-wise, the foot injury, it did nag him throughout the season, but I think that's because he played through it. Yeah. Um, it was plantar fasciitis, but that's something that definitely does go away, and I think it should go away after the conclusion of the offseason. Yeah, I believe um, so they – I don't think we're talking about a lingering issue. I'll call in the middle of this. Um, yeah, they gave him a PRP injection uh, in his foot, and they said he should be good to go uh, for the beginning of the season, so he'll be fine. Um yeah, I mean, he's a, a relatively younger option, I guess. In the, well, him and I was doing the same age, I believe. But he won't cost you money. He's only going to cost you prospects. But I guess if you value – conversely, if you value prospects during this time because everything's 
kind of influx of cash and prospects, you know, and rookies make no money, then I guess you probably wouldn't want to move off. Them. But that's, you know, just put feelers out there is all we're kind of saying. Um, yeah. Although I would say my final thoughts with Voight are, I get this feeling that Cashman is very proud of the prospects that he turns from reclamation projects, so to speak. So we're talking about like Gio Urshela or Luke Voigt. So I don't think he particularly wants to move off of these players. I think he wants to keep around them to the Yankees lineup so that yeah. people can see just how great of a general manager he is. No, I mean, they're great pickups, honestly. I, I don't want to see Voigt go either. I'm just saying like if the opportunity is there, you maybe should consider it. That's that's the only yeah. thing. You know, no one should be completely untouchable. Just listen to what people put out there and see if you can get back something in return. Um, speaking of other possible trade targets, uh, if not Lindor, who we all want, a um, couple other interesting options for me personally, at least. Uh, Trevor Story from the Rockies. Um, Yankees have a recent history of getting former Rockies. Uh, Tommy Canley, obviously one of them. Mike Talkman, and of course the most famous one, DJ. Uh, and Adam Adovino as well, forgot. Um, yeah, story about to hit free agency after this season, along with potentially Nolan Arenado, probably Nolan Arenado, because he's more, most likely to opt out of that contract since he doesn't want to be tied to the Rockies long-term. Um, Colorado's running the risk of getting nothing in return for these guys. So they don't move off them. It's going to be tough because um, Arenado had a down year. They don't necessarily think they'll get back the right value for him, so they might be more apt to keep him if they can't get a good haul back. Um, and then with Story, I think they're trying to work towards an extension with him. So if you move him and then let's say Arenado opts out because you didn't trade him, uh, that's going to look bad because you lost both players. Um, so it's a little tough, but I could see the Yankees potentially being interested since they've had this knack for picking up guys who rake at cores. Uh, Story's like a big package. I mean, the only knock, I guess, he hits from the right-hand side, but I don't really care. He plays great defense, um, really good power-speed combo. I would love him in pinstripes. Yeah. I mean, again, these are all contingencies if we're not able to get DJ back. So hopefully you're not going to have to be losing all of these major pieces. I mean, we're talking most likely Andahar, possibly even Clint Frazier, um, and then definitely some substantial prospects from the well. Um, So hopefully we can keep DJ up here. But if we have to go through this trade route, I think Trevor's story would be a great place to go through. Um, I think if the Yankees commit to this trade route, they commit to Trevor story immediately. They could pry him from the Rockies. Cause I think it would commit the Rockies to commit to Arenado. And then they would have to make the choice, either story or Arenado. The Yankees could overwhelm them with an offer for story. And then we can get story away from them and get him in pinstripes. So I think that's the way it would work out. Yeah. I can see something like that happening. I feel like you have to dangle Clinton in this scenario though, just cause uh, they're kind of yeah lacking a lot of different prospects uh, in certain areas in their outfields. Not a complete mess. Dahl and Blackman are good. They're tied in for the next few years at least, but they kind of are missing another bat out there. Um, the Ian Desmond signing did not work out, of course. Um, so that could be a potential fit there with uh, Clint. Uh, it would be kind of funny if they took Talkman back too, actually, come to think about it. Um, I doubt it, but it would be kind of funny. Um Another possible shortstop uh, guy, a little lower down my list, even though I absolutely love his game all around awesome player to watch. Uh, Javi Baez, the Cubs uh, might be having a fire sale after Theo moved on from being a baseball present baseball ops there. Um, pretty much everyone is up in the air in terms of just being available for a trade. Chris Bryant, obviously the big name. Um, 
Javi's potentially up there. Uh, they'll listen in. They do want to extend him, I know, but they'll listen to offers. And then, of course, uh, we know the Yankees have always liked Kyle Schwarber as well. Um, that would be a personal, like, awesome pipe dream of mine, but I don't love the fit just because people are going to complain that he strikes out way too much. And it's just another power bat that we don't need who doesn't really play position. So, Yeah. I mean, I, I would say of the two, Schwarber is definitely a more likely acquisition than Baez is. Um, even with Theo going out, I think Jed um, is probably going to try to keep El Mago as one of the cornerstones of the Chicago franchise. So I think you'd be looking at a Schwarber acquisition there, but I don't think the Yankees would make that move. I just think he's a redundancy in the lineup. Yeah, it's a little bit of a lateral move. He doesn't play a position particularly well. He could fake the corners. Um, we haven't seen him at first base. I mean, you know, in the video games, it's cool because you just move him there and they'll play fine. Um, but in real life, I don't know if he could play first base. Obviously, you have Voight there. Um, so I guess, well, I don't even know. He couldn't even go back in the deal because they have uh, Rizzo locked in for next year. So I don't even know how that will work out unless the universal DH can play. Yeah, that's a very awkward fit um, with Schwarber. to judge for Lindor. <laughs> that's... <laughs> they don't like that idea. People really don't like that idea. I mean, <laughs> don't don't ask us what we just said. It's it's an idea we've had, but it's honestly the trade machine won't even let us do it. Like that's how valuable they think judges to us, which is absolutely true, I believe too. But they, the trade machine will not let us flip them for anybody. Because you can um, get a single way. You can it's get that. <laughs> Brian Cashman, why are you going to Subway? Go to, go to Jersey Mike's, get Aaron's way. Um, yeah, so Javi would be fun in like an – like just the swaggiest middle infield. Like him and Glaber running short and second would be an absolute kick in the nuts for uh, Cubs fans too. Like – Yeah. At least they got the ring so they could at least lay back on that. But like going forward, that would have to hurt big time. Yeah. I don't – I don't think they would let him go empty-handed. No, you're going to have to get a haul back for that. Honestly, they'd probably ask for Glaber back for him, and I think they'd be justified. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Yeah, they would yeah. be justified. They'd be like, no, 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 we want the guy we originally had to take up that spot, and I'd – like, I would tell them no, obviously, and I'm pretty sure Cash would tell them no, but at the same time, I feel like now you're within your rights to ask for that. Um, I guess last but not least, uh, kind of someone that nobody's talking about, but he's been hot in the trade rumor streets like for the past couple seasons. Uh, Whit Merrifield from the Royals, uh, second baseman, throwback player, uh, high contact, high speed guy. I'm pretty sure fans would love him here just because he could fill that top of the order need if DJ goes and give you a speed element um, that you've been missing since like prime Brett Gardner days. So, yeah, he's talking, you can, you know, so I don't know if that's a perfect take away the DJ hole and take away the speed that fans still think Brett Gardner is giving them, then I'm all for it. Yeah. It's I don't know. Thing to get Johnny sins off my team. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love Brett. Like we all do, but it's just like, yeah. enough is enough. Please stop taking playing time away from Clint Frazier. Um, yeah. If you're going to keep Clint Frazier on this team, just give him the full, full playing time that he's allotted because that's going to give him the most development for his game. Yeah, And even if you're going to eventually trade him for a better piece, you're going to want to give him as much playing time so that other teams can see how great he truly can be. Yeah. Last year was, last year was perfect because obviously he got playing time because of the, the injuries to judge and Stanton. Um, yeah. And even Which the season before that. Want, 
No, but he was able to showcase what he could do. And honestly, Clint Rakes, we're pro Clint podcast, but we also think that like, if he's not going to get this playing time, then trade him. Like, don't yeah. keep him around because you're waiting for a rainy day when Judge and Stanton inevitably get injured again. You can find other depth pieces out there. They're not going to be as good, obviously, but it doesn't make any sense if you have this very valuable piece and you're hanging on to him, like just giving him the Grant and Shuttle uh, treatment. And then, you know, eventually his uh, team control, like those years of arbitration and uh, rookie deal are just up. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense. Get something in turn while you can or play him. I think they will play him. But yeah, Merrifield would be an interesting fit. I don't know how much that would realistically cost. I know the Royals have held a kind of high uh, price on him uh, from what I've heard in terms of pass rumors. Uh, I know the Cubs and the Dodgers both inquired on him uh, at different points. So could be a fit there. I know the Royals are kind of in that rebuilding mode still. They might be on the verge of coming out of it. They have some quality pieces coming out and they're transitioning from that Alex Gordon Eric Cosmer, Mike Moustakis, and Salvador Perez era into this new era with guys I couldn't tell you. I don't know who plays with the Royals. Is that bad? No, it's not bad. They got their ring. It's fine. Give them another 25 years, and you'll know who plays for the Royals. The Royals are nice, though, because they do pay their homegrown players. I can't knock them for that. They, they, yeah. they, you know, For a small market team, they're like, no, we'll keep the guys around. They might not exactly mature the right way or you know, keep winning us anything, but they keep their stars. Yeah. So those are a couple trade uh, pieces or at least uh, possibilities that we thought would be, um, you know, a fit for the team if uh, they decide not to bring DJ back. Um, in terms of trade chips, we've obviously mentioned Clint a bunch. We talked about Voight a little bit. Um, any other chips that we're thinking of or missing right now? Uh, Gary, who we've discussed in episode one as a potential trade chip, but who also – has been de- uh, declared as having zero value. Um, via fan graphs, yeah. The, via fan graphs, not yeah, great. The stat nerds, um, of which I am one, told us he had no value. Which, Sorry. I mean, I get, but like you said earlier, if you get him into Colorado, that man is going to rake when he yeah. makes contact with the ball, which is the issue, admittedly. But if he fixes that problem, the man is going to go off. Um, we have here in the notes Domingo Herman as another trade chip, but without having to have Fangraphs tell me, I would also say his value is zero due to extenuating circumstances regarding his suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not great. Um, I feel like they probably would have moved him by now uh, if they can yeah. get anything back just because uh, they were a little noncommittal on whether or not he'll actually be in the starting rotation this year. How yeah. said he wanted to be back. Yeah, I mean, I think you pointed out earlier too. How said he want to talk over with the family to see if he'll actually be in the rotation? Like that was a first. Yeah, um, it's a little hypocritical, actually, a lot considering you already have Chapman on the team, and now you want to make a moral stance. But we're not here to judge that. Um, it just looks weird. The optics are weird. Um, yeah, I don't see him coming back. Um, Miggy's the other big one. I know. Yeah, I think it's a given, though, in all of our fantasy trade scenarios that Andahar is going to leave this team one way or another yeah. in that stage. We love um, the helicopter. Like we love Miggy, but yeah, I just don't, I think he's getting pushed out of this infield. He was getting, he had his time and then Gio showed up out of nowhere to take his spot. And then sustained um, it. Yeah. He sustained it over the end of two years ago and then through this 60 game season and 
Um, it's just that's Geo's spot now, and Enduhar is going to have to make up that defense somewhere else, and it doesn't look likely that it's going to happen. So I just think he's on the way out somewhere else. No, I mean, you know, they've tried him in the corners because they thought maybe he could do the Ryan Braun route, and I like the idea of it. Um, unfortunately, Clint got the majority of the playing time and then actually improved his defense to the point where he's a gold glove finalist, which was – no one saw that come up. No one saw that rise. No, uh, except for I think – no, sorry. One of my friends did. Uh, shout out to Jack, big Clint Frazier guy. Um, he did say before the season that Clint Frazier's defense would improve this much. Um, so shout out to him. He's one of the biggest Clint guys out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if it was at the point where it was like you're splitting hairs between like whose defense, like bad defense would you want out there, like, you know, pre-2020 Clint or Mickey's, it's like, all right, I mean, we've seen what Ann Hoare can do. So I'd say, you know, keep him. But now – Clint's like the total package and Mickey can't play out there and left or right. I mean, he can, but he doesn't have a spot now because the other two are taking precedence. Stanton's locked in years at DH and Voight obviously went home as the home run King this past season. Um, And if he's not going to be there and they do resign DJ and let's say like they make a move for a middle infielder, then DJ is going to be playing first. So he's really pushed out of this picture. I don't see, uh, you know, any playing time from coming forward. Yeah, the man is an eternal trade ship at this point. It feels like just a matter of time till he's out of pinstripes. And, I mean, probably somewhere in the National League coming back and then we're getting a starting pitcher or some other position for his services. Yeah, it, his value is probably at his lowest right now just because obviously he's coming off injuries and he was very consistent when he did get playing time. Um, I wonder if we could potentially – different GM now, though, but I wonder if there's enough love in the Pittsburgh front office to – recoup a deal there for him because he was rumored obviously in the Garrett Cole trade rumors back in like 2016 2017 which they balked out obviously looks dumb in retrospect whatever we've talked about this before uh, other people have too we should have moved Miggy at the time we didn't but I wonder if a deal could be had for like Joe Musgrove who I mentioned last episode just as like a good you know like four starter at this point three starter hopefully um, yeah I mean uh, you need help you can get without Tanaka um, yeah, exactly. You need to fill in rotation definitely no matter what. Even if you do bring, you know, if you bring Stock back, you still need depth because Savvy's not guaranteed to come back until middle of the season anyways. And, yeah. you know, you're going to need to fill spots. Um, one of the other guys we want to touch on, um, New York native, uh, great lights out reliever last year or two years ago, not so much this year. Although outside of the, it was just the Blue Jays appearance that he had in Buffalo that really killed the season. But, uh, Adam Ottavino, uh, making Great about photography, by the way. Fantastic. Go check out that ESPN piece if you guys can. Uh, we'll probably tweet at the link or retweet it. Uh, really good piece. It's just like it's a series of like photos that he took throughout the season. Really captures what pandemic ball looked like, and you know, just paints a cool portrait of like what the Yankees clubhouse looked like during the time. Um, but yeah, Otto making nine million on the last year of the deal might be a little too rich for the Yankees' blood at the time that. You know, teams are trying to cut costs. Obviously, we saw Brad Hand not get his option picked up. But, uh, yeah, he could possibly move. I know uh, a blog had a post about moving him off, you know, like a – not a straight-up salary dump. It would be like salary for salary for Lance Lynn. Obviously, you would need to sweeten the pot with prospects for that because there's no way they'll give you back Lynn for auto straight up. Um, that would be a potential deal I'd be in on if you could – bring back they had him at, they had Lynn as replacing Tanaka I think the ideal scenario obviously is having Lynn and Tanaka together in your rotation yeah I don't think that would be a very even replacement for 
the current rotation, even guarantee getting Seve back halfway through the season. I think you'd be really laboring that first half. Yeah, it's an upgrade, but it's not enough. I think like the like you're not really improving it as much. Like if you put him with what we have already, that's a big upgrade. If you just replace Tanaka with him, it's like okay, he probably isn't upgrade over Tanaka, but it's it's a minimal improvement. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so yeah, so auto potential trade piece and or salary dump. Uh, so don't be surprised if his name gets tossed around. Uh, and the last but not least. Um, Esteban Floreal probably going to get mentioned quite a bit this offseason. Um, he made his debut this year just because we ran out of uh, emergency outfielders because of so many injuries. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a great year for us medically. Um, but he is only 22, I think, about to be 23 years old. Like, he's younger than the two of us. Um, Whoops, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, doing, we're doing great. Um, yeah, he uh, – Former top prospect. He's still in the top prospects, just not in the top half anymore just because injuries have kind of killed off uh, his development this past few years. He hasn't made it to double-A just yet. I'm expecting him to open up with a double-A Somerset, not Trenton, uh, this season. R.I.P. Trenton. Man, they got rid of the bad dog. So sad. Uh, Someone picked up. I think they're going to join the Atlantic League, actually. So if independent ball does come back and you guys have a chance to go see Trenton baseball, go ahead and do that, please. Support yeah, the team. We are we are sold on the Long Island Ducks, so our allegiances are already. Yeah, no, we're Long Island Ducks fans through and through. Um, that's just how it works. Centralize it forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, Floreal, his value a little dinged, but someone could potentially see you know the potential that he has uh, still left in his bat. Like I said, he's only twenty three years old. If he gets on track and has like a full healthy season. That'll do him wonders. He needs to cut back on the swing and miss in his game, but he's got an electric power speed combo and he's got a rifle and arm out in the center. I think the reason you move off him is because A, you locked in Hicks to a long-term deal. Um, and also the Martian, uh, Jason Dominguez, play center. That kid might be knocking at double eight sometime soon. I mean, the way he – we get development videos of him pretty much like once every month now. It looks like he's going to be – knocking down the door of major league baseball in about two years, just the way his muscle masses keeps growing. So he might just uh, knock down the door by just knocking on your door. That guy is huge. It's like the, it's, you know, the big bird beam. When he just knocks on the door. We'll do a, mock. a concerning point, to be honest. Yeah. We'll do a mock-up of that. We'll, we'll do a side-by-side comparison. Um, no. Uh, yeah. The kid's good. Uh, Floreal though, uh, you know, love to see him stick around. We also, people thought, couple years ago that he would be uh mainstay in the Yankees outfield I you know still think he could potentially have that um but you should see what you can get from him because I think he could still have some value if uh you know rebuilding team like the Royals or like the Tigers or you know whoever could have a, a spot for him somewhere um yeah that's pretty much it in terms of trade ships now if we move Gary um the catcher market that's a little bit uh, dicey right now. There's Ramuto, of course, and there's everyone else. Uh, yeah. It seems like a foregone conclusion that Real Muto is staying in the NL East, regardless of the team. Um, I mean, we've seen Phillies staying there. Mets obviously seem to be primed to make a large bid for his services. Although, I- today they did say that they were prioritizing Springer over Ramuto, but great assault, so... 
grain of salt when we all know that Steve Cohen can buy every Major League Baseball team. He bought uh, me. Yeah. You could buy this pod. We're for sale. We are. And We're very much for sale. Even heard the Braves a little bit with Real Muto. Regardless, he's not likely coming to the Yankees. I would take that off the table immediately. So we're looking for secondary help here if we move on from Gary, which I don't think they will, to be honest. I, I think he's going to stay in the Bronx. It's been trending that way. Like the beginning, obviously, during all the postseason press conferences, they were, you know, Boone rides for his guys. So he was like, no, no, no I expect to see him back. And he's talked about on uh, Yankees Hot Stuff on the Yes Network. Like, no, I expect him to be back and whatnot. Um, Cash was a little more non-committal. He was like, he kind of has to earn playing time. Not in his so many words, but you know, he, they said they would examine some options there. I think the smart move obviously would be going a platoon uh, with him and Higgy, at least. Higgy has shown you he can hit uh, fairly well and play obviously better defense. Um, do what the Dodgers do, because the Dodgers split up time between Barnes and Will Smith, and they did it throughout the playoffs and worked fairly well, honestly. Um, so I would look to do that at least if you're going to keep him around. Uh, in terms of options that are available, uh, Yadi Molina was mentioned, a uh, longtime Cardinals legend. Uh, and supposed future Hall of Famer. Um, your thoughts? Uh, on, Yachty, like stay- on Yachty on the Yankees, not, not on the Hall of Fame, Candace. Yeah, well, stay away from the Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, <laughs> Yachty on the Yankees, I'd like to stay away. I don't think it's going to be a huge upgrade over what we have now with Gary. Defensively, yes, obviously, especially with the hand stuff. Yep. Um, Gary was getting handcuffed a lot back there in the playoffs, I remember, yeah. very he- vividly. He looked um, like he was a knots, man. Yeah. Um, Yachty, I wouldn't – it wouldn't kill me to get Yachty. I'm not a fan of it. It wouldn't kill me. Uh, I've also seen the Mets rumored with Yachty. I know their fans wouldn't like that considering the 07 NLCS stuff. Um, yeah. But it's interesting to see what happens with him, especially considering I've seen a lot of St. Louis fans online have been clamoring that he's supposed to be a Cardinal for life, but – I mean, we saw what happened with Pujols, so that whole notion's out the door. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been funny if the Mets had decided not to keep Rojas and bring uh, Beltran back and then sign Yachty. That would have been awkward. Um, And then speaking of Pujols, I heard the Angels are potentially interested as well because they need catching help, so that could be another food for him. Um, But, yeah, in terms of getting Yachty, I mean, mean, the worst thing in the world, I'm also not a fan of it just because he's old, man. He's 40 years old. He he doesn't hit. I mean, neither does Gary. Don't get me wrong. I I, I understand that. But, you know – Gary can hit. We've seen it. That's the thing. It's just a big if with him, obviously. We know. And I hate playing that game where it's just like, it's if he can hit. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that's just the nature of his game. But um, we know Yachty really can't anymore. Higgy had a good short run last year. I mean, I don't know what his stats would look like over the course of a full season. I can try to pull it up on baseball reference and uh, fan graphs to tell you what the projections are. Um, that's one name that's been mentioned. Uh, the other one that other people have been tossed around, uh, probably the number two catch on the market right now, James McCann. He was the backup to uh, Yasmani Grandel on the Chicago White Sox this past year. Um, he's coming off, I think, a 2019 All-Star bid. Um, and then pretty solid season as a backup. Last year filled, filled in uh, for Grandel when he was injured uh, in the middle of the year. He's good. He, his reputation as a pitch framer increased. He got better as a defender. Um what we've heard or seen some initial rumors is that he will probably be priced out of the Yankees range. Um, they're not really looking to drop too much money on a catcher. So I don't know. I don't know if you 
would want to take a stab at that or if it's just too much money? I mean, catchers is probably going to be the last thing the Yankees are looking at after everything we've talked about, DJ pitching and then potential out of the blue trades that they can come up with. Um, I would like it. I mean, catcher is something that you need. You're going to need it every day. You need it defensively, not as much as you need pitching, but you need it to supplement your pitching. You saw it with Gary. You don't want to have it with the drop balls. You don't want to be handcuffed. You don't, the framing is something that you need just as well as the spotting of the pitches. So yeah. Framing is should be spending money on. Yeah. Framing is key up until the point where we actually do get robot umps, but that's not happening until maybe the next CBA. Um, So we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, I mean, they can be great. I would love for like, he's my top priority for catcher just because like we said, I think Rumuto is just out of our price range, unless you want to let Tanaka and DJ both go, which I don't, I mean, it, it could happen, but I don't think they'll prioritize one guy over those other two. Um, yeah, I mean, another depth options, uh, Tyler Flowers, he's been with the Braves past couple of years. I know he's been floated around potentially. Um, and then I guess just get creative with trades if you could possibly do that. Wilson Contreras, like we mentioned the Cubs before, they could be moving off, but I think they're probably more likely to keep Contreras out of all the guys you mentioned besides Javi because he's got, I think, two more years left to control, which is pretty good for them. And defense approved and offense, he's a stud, so. I'll probably keep him. Um, yeah, there's not really too much out there. The catcher market is not great, guys. Um, if there is an upgrade for Gary, obviously jump to it um, within a reasonable price range because there's other positions that take priority here. Um, we do have a competent option in Higgy, maybe not for a full season, but a good platoon option to split with Gary at least so we don't have to sit through bad defense and a lack of offense. It'd be good if they could split the time there. Um, yeah. the projections for next year for him, um, corner of fan graphs, they have like his power numbers pretty good, honestly, like in only 230, something at bats or 200 plus like 11 to 12 home runs. The average is going to be great, but he'll hit for power and give you relatively solid defense. Um, probably high strikeout rate, low walk rate, but I mean, they're projecting to hit. They, they like his power. They definitely love his ability to hit for that. Um, so that's not nothing. That's pretty good. He'll run in a pop. Um, Baseball reference has him as pegged for 10 home runs next year and 230 bats. Yeah, so, I mean, he that's fine. For a backup catcher or at least a platoon option, that's that's what I want, really. If he can hit for a little bit of pop. I don't want Chris Stewart back there again. If you guys remember the 2013 Yankees and their lack of a catcher. I refuse to. to yeah, I would like to as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the last I want to touch on is just, like, if you do move – Clint in any of these packages, like let's say you do get like a substantial return for him. Um, I don't want to see Brett Garner come back as your starting left fielder or platoon option, even with like, you know, talk or whoever. Yeah. Like the guy I have listed here is Michael Brantley. I would want to see him fill in. And he'd be a good option if you lose DJ as well, because they kind of do, they have similar skill sets. Plus he's a lefty. Like, yeah, you do need that lefty bat. I think that would be a definite addition to the lineup. Yeah. He doesn't play the world's greatest defense. um, From what uh, metrics tell you, Um, I guess what you could do is split some time between DH and left for him and Stanton as well. Um, But it'd be a good fill in option. I know the Jays are looking at him, but it, it would be a good idea to maybe give him like a two year deal. 
because he's not going to command that much money. He's only like 34 years old. So on the older side, obviously, but you know, he's not going to command big money and he would be a good DJ replacement in some regards. And if you, like I said, if you move off Clint, he'd be a good potential option. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's basically it. Those are our biggest needs. Obviously we need pitching big time. I think they're going to try to get that covered sooner rather than later. Um, but DJ comes first. And then after that, let's see if, if he doesn't come back, let's see if we make a move for, uh, for, uh, you know, for Lindor or something like that. And there's the news on Randy Rosarena. Not great. Did it officially come out? Yep. Jeff Passan confirms Randy Rosarena arrested in Mexico. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, so we, so we can't slander him anymore. No. Um, yeah, we were, we got news about that earlier. Uh, that's not a good look. I mean, I don't really know if he'll, uh, get suspended for that. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens after this, but yeah, Randy Rosario, not great getting arrested in Mexico, uh, for some stuff. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers our free agent primer, uh, for the off season. Um, we might do something will pop up so we can have another episode shortly hereafter to, reflect on something that happens yeah rather than speculating yeah exactly instead of just giving you who we our two cents about who we should uh, go after and then watch us not go after anybody uh we have memes ready for that though <laughs> we have those on deck um what else was i gonna mention um yeah pitching middle and field help catching up in that order basically don't need too much else our team is pretty good people should not sleep on that our lineup packed a punch in the postseason. If everything world breaks our way again, we could do that. But with better pitching would be really great. Yeah. All right. Um, we might do a mailbag episode sometime in the future. Um, I think uh, our anchor website has the ability to, for you guys to leave us voice messages. Um, we also have our Twitter at DTrainDaily, no underscore or dashes. Um, so you can tweet us stuff on there. We'll tweet something out about that potentially over the holidays. I've been thinking about that. Maybe I'll just run the account so i don't have to spend time with my family <laughs> it's a good idea yeah save yourself well, some mental anguish yeah and also cowboys anguish too so you know oh yeah that's your coaching, but... yeah thank god that was good um uh, yeah so you want to wrap this up with our last segment yeah we'll transition on over to mind the gap with our random subject i mean we'll do something i guess baseball adjacent you want to do yeah. Do what? What do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, I think my uh, thing was going to be talking about um, expanded playoffs. Um, I know that has been, you know, that obviously was on the table this year. Uh, we did have the expanded playoffs um, going forward. They've been talking about this. Uh, you know, some CBA talks are starting to come up out of the woodworks uh, next year. It looks like we're like 60 40, I think, or something like that, in favor of the. Universal DH sticking around. Uh, Sandy Alderson actually had a good quote about that uh, during his press conference with the Mets. Um, pitchers can't bunt. They can't. They can't even bunt these days. Like it doesn't. Yeah, there's doesn't no. Bump. It's not worth it anymore. No, it doesn't behoove you to keep that in there as an option. But, um, yeah, I had an idea for expanded playoffs. I guess that I wanted to run by. I've run it by a couple people actually. Um, All right, let me hear it. Yeah, it came to mind over the summer. Uh, to be fair, though, this only works if you can get um, 
two more expansion teams, which after a pandemic when you lost money probably isn't going to happen too, too soon. But I know it's still in the cards. Um, the Portland baseball team moving forward uh, underneath Russ, uh, Russell Wilson, and uh, the Nashville Stars group also going forward. Dave Dombrowski signed a four-year extension with them. Uh, you know, if it folds, obviously that goes under. But, yeah, so my reconstruction format um, – I guess I'll just run this by you guys. Uh, just go to two divisions for each league, right? We'll, we'll try to make a graphic of this so you guys can understand it better. Um, so two divisions per league, just the East and the West, like it used to be way back in the day. That used to be the old school rules. Um, I believe it was 16 teams per league. What I had was the AL East was the Yankees, Tampa, Toronto, Baltimore, Boston, Detroit, Cleveland, and then an expansion team either in Nashville, which obviously is a strong contender, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina was the other one. Shout out UNC. Yep. Uh, or Montreal, which has also been rumored as well. Um, then the AOS would be Oakland, Houston, Seattle, Texas, the Angels, Minnesota, the Royals, and the White Sox. Uh, stays as is, basically. The NL East, uh, the Mets, Atlanta, Philly, Miami, D.C., Pittsburgh, uh, either St. Louis or Cincinnati. I think those two could be interchangeable between East and West. And the Cubs. I put the Cardinals in there originally because I think they were in the original version of the NL East. Um, and then the NL West would be the Dodgers, Colorado, San Diego, San Francisco, Arizona, Milwaukee, either St. Louis or Cincinnati, of course. And then one of the expansion teams, obviously Portland's the favorite right now. And then Vegas is always on the table with that. Um, so yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about realignment in that format? I think it would probably eat, like make it a lot easier to figure all this stuff out. Um, probably simplify things um i can see expansion going forward especially with all this money being lost especially if fans aren't in play um i remember in the early aughts they were talking about contracting a few teams remember the twins were on the table before they moved into target oh geez, um, really yeah uh because for whatever reason baseball thought they had they had it too good at the time um, would have saved twin fans a lot of heartbreak over the past few years to us, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So I think expansion is definitely something that's going to be looked at going forward. Um, I don't know if the Expos are going to get a new team or a relocated team. Um, Nashville definitely seems like they're going to get a, an expansion franchise sometime within the next five years, I would say. feels likely. Nebraska um, yeah, really pushing for it. There seems to be a lot of traction going there um yeah and the fact that he signed that contract i think like the extension to stay with the group feels like there's where there's smoke there's fire like there has to be something there has to be something with the city going forward with agreements to develop a major league caliber stadium um but i would definitely say if one domino falls with nashville getting a team then another domino is going to fall and they're going to have to realign these divisions and i'm honestly a fan of your plan because it's going to simplify everything yeah, I know, like, people like the simplicity of, or, like, the, you know, just, like, the smaller divisions where it's, like, okay, you have, like, four or five teams per division, like, in, in all major sports, really. But, I don't know, kind of taking a little bit of a page out of the NBA's book, like, how they do just, like, like you know, the divisions exist, but they really just go by conference, obviously. Yeah. And then that kind of ties into the next thing, like, the playoff format. So, like, the top four teams based on winning percentage from each division will qualify for the postseason. So, like, this past year, I think it would have been Tampa, us, uh Cleveland and Toronto, I think, would have gotten in. Like they would, they would have been okay because they're on the East. And then for the West, I think 
Houston gets squeezed out, I believe, in this scenario. I think Minnesota gets in, Oakland gets in, the White Sox get in. I don't know. I think Houston still makes it, but they're the four seed. Um, yeah, so it would have been something like that. Uh, tiebreakers uh, determine, you know, home field for game 163. That's head-to-head winning percentage, you know, winning percentage in division, winning percentage interleague, and then winning percentage for the last half of interleague. It kind of just follows what the current format is, honestly. And that's just yeah. for, like, the play-in game to get into the playoffs. Um, and then going off of that, we have the seeding for the actual playoffs. Uh, the one seed from the AL East would play the four seed from the AL West. So this year would have been Tampa plays uh, Houston and home field advantage obviously goes to Tampa. Then the two seed from the AL East plays the two seed from the West or three seed from the West. Sorry. Three seed from the East plays the two seed from the West. The four seed from the East plays the one seed from the West. And then, mirror that obviously for the or not mirror but it's the same thing for the NL as well yeah yeah I like it Manfred you know where to find us yeah exactly uh or you know Theo because that's probably his next gig yeah shout out Theo our new overlord 2021 yeah we're all on board we're big Theo fans here um hopefully he gets a job doing something hopefully he enjoys the year off actually and then gets a job fixing baseball yeah not with the Mets buying them every free agent in the league no, he's already fixed two curses. Now fix our sport, please, because um, it's a little broken. Um, he had great comments on that, too. Um, you know, he, he admitted himself. He's supposed to try out four analytics, or one of them at least, and he said the game is getting boring. People do want to see contact hitting. They, they like home runs, but they don't like all the strikeouts. That's the problem. Bring back metal bats, please. Yeah, do super bats, or, you know, can we turn on power bunts? Yeah, bouncy ball power-ups, please. Do you guys remember that? You guys remember the cheat codes from you know MLB 2K back in the day, where you guys used to do the the power bunt? I was like, you just bunt, and it would just go for a home run. We used to kill teams like a hundred to nothing, and the score would just break because it's like we don't go past three digits <laughs> or two digits or whatever. Um, that was, yeah. baseball was fun. Baseball was fun. Yeah, just fix our sport, Theo. Thank you. Um, although another opportunity for him we've heard uh, was also with. Uh, an ownership group, uh, Rosenthal and Jason Stark mentioned that in the athletic. Um, so maybe he brings a team to Portland or Vegas or something like that. That'd be uh, fun. Yeah. I pegged him to the Portland team because they're obviously the only other one with like a big group so far. Um, yeah. Theo, Theo I've seen in the uh, Russell Wilson, just bringing baseball to the Pacific, well, more baseball to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> You'd love to see it. Love to see it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, you got any playoff proposals you want to run by me or anything like that? Or... Uh, nothing as complex as yours. So yeah, it's just something. Like, something I brainstorm. Yeah, something I brainstorm because I'm very bored right now. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, you know, give us a follow on Spotify. Uh, also at our Twitter page. Um, yeah, hopefully everyone enjoys the holidays. Enjoys this little episode. Um, and we'll be shout out the NC Dinos for taking home the KBO championship, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to that trophy, by the way, that trophy. Good sword. Yeah. We got our place. All trophies with that sword. We really do. It's the, it's the sword. Then the crystal football that RIP and then the world cup trophy in that order. I think that's it. So much better than a hunk of metal. Oh, way better. You think if, you think if uh, Corey Seager picked that up, he probably would have ran it through Manfred. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it was on the table. You'd call this a hunk of metal. <laughs> I wonder what it been chopping the air around him trying to kill COVID. Oh, God. Yeah. Thanks, JT. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.